Welcome, my name is Michael Apple and I'm in conversation with Biz News' Investigations Editor Martin Wells. Good to chat to you, uh, hopefully the first of many conversations to come. Uh, I love morning. morning. I, I loved how you started your uh, December article, and this is, quote, a full bench of five judges of the South African Appeal Court in Bloemfontein assembled to hear an appeal arising from the untimely death of a baboon and a porcupine. It may sound a little fairy tale-esque type story, but it's a matter that's risen through the Eastern Cape High Court to the Supreme Court of Appeal, and it's a case that has potentially profound implications on social media, privacy rights, animal rights, and freedom of speech. For somebody who didn't read your December piece, and I'm going to link it in the article that stems from this, take us to the 1st of October 2019 and how this story developed from a seemingly innocuous bike ride on a farm. A farmer has set up, he had a, he had a cycling tour travel across his farm, and as it happens, one of these cyclists came upon the two large traps that he'd set for one for baboons, the other for porcupines, in which he had a, a victim trapped in both. Both, by the time the cyclists came upon them, were dead in these. And he was horrified, stopped his bike, got out his cell phone, took photographs. Dr. Bull Smuts, who is an animal rights activist uh, and also a campaigner for working out ways in which civilized man can live and farm and with, with wild animals without wiping them out. So Dr. Smuts is equally outraged. He identifies the farm by its name on Google Maps. And he also finds Mr. Buerta's Facebook page where Mr. Buerta has a lovely photograph of himself with his infant child and his phone number. So he calls Mr. Buerta, asks him what the hell's going on. And Mr. Buerta says he has a license to kill all these. He's a license to kill baboons, porcupines and, quote, other vermin, close quotes. Right, this all gets reported on social media by Dr. Smuts. And the next thing is he gets an urgent court application from Mr. Buerta and his attorneys to stop him, to remove everything off social media. And they argue this in court before a judge of the High Court fairly soon thereafter. And the Eastern Cape judge decides that Mr. Smuts was entitled to campaign and tell the world that it's nasty to trap and... Uh, baboons and porcupines, and you find them dead uh, a while later. Uh, but he's not allowed to say where it was or who was responsible because that's Mr. Buerta's private affairs. It's his private property and, you know, and whatnot. And Smuts loses the first round. He then uh, takes it on a appeal to the appeal court. And the issues that are raised are, are of interest quite apart, as you've already pointed out. But it's not only about uh, cruelty to animals uh, and trying to wipe out species which we find inconvenient. It's all these questions of uh, privacy and freedom of speech, the conflict between privacy and freedom of speech. Yes, Martin, yes. I, I wanted to jump in there. Herman Boerter's argument, presumably, he felt aggrieved. He's a commercial uh, farmer. He also runs an insurance business. And a, a post on social media of this kind could have, uh, in his mind or from his point of view, at least real reputational and a financial impact on, on his businesses. Is, was that his initial argument in court? 
he 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 didn't actually raise it directly. I think it was more by implication, because the oddity is he kept insisting there was nothing wrong with trapping baboons, and a hunter friend had crossed by and actually shot them in the cages, so they hadn't died of starvation. Smuts apologised for using a photograph with a six-month-old infant. I can't, frankly, myself understand what influence is going to have on a six-month-old infant, but anyway. Uh, but it's much more interesting of how the judges eventually unpack this whole thing. Because, first of all, they take animal rights issues much more seriously than has traditionally been the case in South African law. There's one major case before by Judge Cameron, uh, where he stipulated in terms of common law and basic modern sensitivities on moral issues that animals have rights in their own right. It's not just dependent on what human beings think or do or whatnot. They have rights to exist, and uh, independently, as I say, of human uh, wishes and desires. So that was the first major step. In any case, the the full appeal court bench confirms that view, that animals have rights. Uh, They are sentient beings that feel pain and fear. So the next uh, step was that how 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 come identifying Mr. Buta? So Mr. Smuts' counsel argues to the appeal court successfully that when you put your face and your address and your telephone number and your views up on on Facebook, uh, and it's available on on a, on a Google search, uh, that's not private anymore. And not only that, but it's actually relevant that the public should know that you are the cruel bugger who's been, you know, uh, doing these unfortunate animals in on your farm. And he says, quite apart from the fact that you have a permit, uh, the fact is what you're doing is cruel. And uh, so so it's a, it's a moral issue, not a legal issue. But of course, when a moral issue, you know, gets public like that, it becomes a legal issue too. But once again, um, the appeal court judges, all five of them, concur that Mr. Boerter deserved to be exposed. Uh, and, you know, uh, he, his information was public, so he can't claim that that was private. And what he did, and in fact, the judges make two observations. They say, when you criticize somebody like that, you're, you take up a position in public debate on politics or anything. You don't have to be polite, which was an interesting point they made. Yes. Sometimes you can be stirred up and the blood can be in your head, you know, when you have to say what you want to say. Uh, that that was the one thing. And um, as I say, you, you can't inhibit um, freedom, you know. And then the second point, if the public decide they don't want to do their insurance business with Mr. Boerta or they don't want to trade with his farm because he's cruel to animals, that's their right too. That was interesting. That that uh, Well, of course, we all know when big companies get bad publicity because of things that happen in their shops, you know, clicks or whoever, all these companies have all had this experience. They are publicly exposed and they face public censure by way of the fact that people don't want to buy their goods unless they retract and behave themselves. It's a it's a way of enforcing public morals, I suppose. In any case, that's what's now recognised by our appeal court too. Uh, I think these are all, from from a media point of view, very important points, because a lot of the time we do expose what certain people would rather we kept we kept private. I mean, that's a that's a major issue in South Africa. 
all the major fraudsters would love us to say, you know, tell us you don't like fraud, but don't say who we are and what we're doing. Uh, Martin, I want to circle back to something you said. The Supreme Court of Appeal in their judgment would look at the fact that you as an individual can't cling to your privacy rights when you yourself have published your private information online. And I think that's important to note here. Am I correct on that point? Absolutely. They, you know, so, so I, I'm not, there's some points are not quite clear. I mean, when they talked about identifying the farm on Google, I'm, I'm not sure how it was identified. I suppose there had to be some 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 lead to it maybe maybe the cyclist had you know had google maps and had pinpointed where he was yes that 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 is that is possible is everything that google can track is it uh, public information maybe mm. I, I i i so so maybe my address isn't private that's Yes, I mean it's it's essentially a, a shot in the arm for for animal rights here in, in the finding that the public has the right to know about the activities on Boeta's farm that directly impact animals. That's quite a statement that they're sending out there. Yes, there, there's another implicit one here, and that is we're also allowed to know that some authority is actually issuing permits to farmers like him to kill an unlimited number of animals in a, in. Any day of the week, considered he can, vermin. He can set out, yes. uh, yeah, he can he can wipe out every baboon in sight, every porcupine in sight, and any other creature which is falls in the category of vermin. I'm not too sure how many do, but I mean, I suppose rabbits, uh, any number of uh, even even wild buck will be eating his his grazing for his sheep. You know, so I think every everything that's wild and moves can be shot. The, the public should have the freedom to choose uh, which commercial enterprise they support at the end of the day. And without all the facts about how somebody acts against animals in this particular case, uh, that should form part of the public decision-making process. And, and that's essentially what the SCA has, has hammered down here. Whether you yes. decide to be a client of Mr. Boerta in his insurance or through his cattle farming – uh, how he treats animals on his farm, you need to be aware of those facts, or at least it can be placed in front of you legally to determine whether or not you spend money with him. Sure. It's, a, it's, it's an interesting development, I think. Uh, and, I mean, there, there's a logic going down here, but it's perhaps a logic we haven't traveled before. If you, as the author of a social media post, you put some, something up online, it is true, it's factual, and you are respectful. I mean, it's arguable exactly how um, Bull Smuts described Mr. Boeta in that post, but but for the main, it was it was factual, and there were photos attached. If you, as the the author of a social media post, put something up, you cannot be in control or you are not responsible for how the public responds to that post if they respond in a hateful or a racist or a threatening manner the court has said that's not the responsibility of the author of that social media post to police the response uh, yes i i'm of the of the view that that issue is still debatable because i think you can there are there are extremes to this. If if you're actually going to incite people to violence, mm -hmm. uh, you know the American example of storming the Capitol, uh, inspired by Mr. Trump, 
uh, you know, and breaking down the doors and threatening threatening people with violence. Uh, I, I, I don't think your right to, you know, freedom of expression extends to that that area. The, the, these are still there are still judgment calls involved here. I'm sure when you take a, a position which you know other people are going to hate. Um, that's no reason for not holding your own your own opinion and expressing it. So, I mean, Boerta had his initial win in the Eastern Cape High Court. Smuts got his win uh, in the Supreme Court of Appeal in Bloemfontein. Is there any indication that this matter will be taken further? I mean, they, it's argued there could be certainly constitutional matters at play here. Could this potentially go to the the apex court? Uh, yes, I, I'm told that, in fact, uh, Mr. Boerter's lawyers have advised Mr. Smuts's lawyers that they are contemplating taking the matter on appeal. I, I, I imagine this, this sort of exercise becomes very expensive. Mm. Uh, I, I have no idea what Mr. Boerter's means are. We, when you start talking about taking cases all the way, I mean, he's now already faced with a substantial bill, I presume, from both the uh, a Supreme Court case followed by an, an appeal court case. So he he runs the risk of round three, but of course if he wins, then that's bad news for Dr. Smuts. The, the appeal court took the argument, I'm not sure that Mr. Smuts had in mind that people were going to stop, you know, doing business with Mr. Buerta. Yeah. I think they were just, he was trying to shame him and, and, you know, expose how these things are happening. If I was the one having to decide if I'm going to the Constitutional Court or not, I'd be thinking 10 times because, as I say, the implications, financial implications become huge. And I don't know that you're going to, he's going to, from his point of view, take the matter much, materially much further. That's another side to the, the whole issue of taking, you know, defamation cases to court. You, yeah. you <laughs> perpetrate the, you, you perpetuate the, and you inflate the, the, the very thing you're like, trying to avoid. If you lose. Yes. Yes, yes. That, that's correct. Um, Martin Wells, pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much for giving us uh, the lowdown on such a fascinating case. We'll be watching to see if it does make its way through to the Constitutional Court. Appreciate your time, Martin. Thank you. Thank you.